Lord Jesus, give us a little bit of oxygen. Give us some joy. Give us a hunger for the word. Help us to not give our bodies so much attention. Let us dedicate ourselves to the spirit and its health for the next few minutes. I pray this because we can't do that either without you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Many of us, and today we're talking about the fear of failure. Many of us struggle with the fear of failure. And if you think that you don't struggle with the fear of failure, here's a quiz. If you think, don't think you struggle with the fear of failure, here is a quiz. I'm rattling off nine questions to you that are possible reasons or, or, or proofs that you might struggle with the fear of failure. What are we talking about this morning? Yes, not failure, but the fear of failure. All right, question number one. Do you ever worry about what other people think about you? Hmm... Do you ever worry about what other people think about? That's a fear of failure. <coughs> Excuse me. Do you ever worry about going after a dream or a desire that's in your heart? You just worry about whether you should pursue that dream or you should not pursue that dream. Question three. Do you ever worry that people will lose interest in you? Hmm. That people will lose interest in you. Question number four, do you ever worry that people won't think you're that smart or that competent? Do you ever worry that people won't think that you're that smart or that competent? Oh. Interesting question. Have you ever told anybody beforehand that you don't expect to succeed? in a project, just so that you lower their expectations of you? Do you ever have last minute headaches? Before a project, before an exam, before a, uh, a presentation, before anything, you have the last minute headache, stomachache, you know, buttache, some, any, some, something pains, and you just kind of like, you go into this, Physiologically, that, that, that's a fear of failure. All right. Do you ever have any last minute headaches? Do you ever get distracted? This is very interesting. Do you ever get distracted by things that need take you away from the preparation time for what you need to do? You are preparing, you are focused, this is what you need to do. But do you ever get distracted from things that, uh, uh, from preparing, and those things which distracted you later on were like, what? what? That was not necessary. I didn't need to do that. They're trivial, trivial things. They have no value. But at the time, you really, oh, I really need to call that person. I really need to get that done. Oh, this nail is really long. This, I, I really need to get the Fear of failure. Fear of failure. One more, one more. Let's do one more. Do you tend to procrastinate and then run out of time when you have to prepare for something? First you procrastinate, fear of failure. Then you run out of time, failure. Crazy. We are crazy when it comes to this. These are just nine common symptoms that people struggle with, but I'm sure that there are many more. Here's the deal. I want to, I, I want to bring home something to you today. You fail at more things than you succeed. Is everybody with me? You fail 
everyone fails at more things than you succeed. The number of things you fail at, the number of things you succeed at, you fail at more things. All of us do. We're all the same. But here's the problem with the fear of failure. The fear of failure is deathly. It cripples you. It kills your dreams. It paralyzes your ability to do the things God has called you to do. Why do I say God? Because everything that God calls you to do requires faith, requires risk, requires going beyond your own abilities, requires stepping out in the dark, so to speak. Fear cripples you and paralyzes you from doing anything great in your life. It can keep you single. <laughs> ah, you got that one, eh? The fear of failure can keep you single because you just don't want to risk that. The fear of failure can destroy your joy. There are more people who look like they've been sucking a lemon because they're just too afraid to give it a shot. Just too afraid to give it a shot. Then compounded with that is the South Asian culture. Compounded with the South Asian culture is the Indian education system. And then compounded with that is if you're a certain ethnicities in our country. I mean, everything takes it to another degree where fear of failure is deeply ingrained. Deeply ingrained. We're not just talking about, oh, I'm so scared to jump from here to there. We're saying, no, if I fail this, life is over. Life, have you ever noticed that almost every second thing in your life brings it to an end? If this doesn't happen, life is... We don't see a future beyond that. That's fear of failure. Because our fear of failure actually destroys our hope in any possible future. Here's what I want to make a distinction before I move forward. Because we are mostly from the Indian education system. So whenever I say fear, failure, you're thinking 10th standard, 12th standard. You're thinking marks, you're thinking maths, you're thinking biology. You're thinking marks, you're thinking great ratings. I am not talking about failure in an exam. I'm talking about failure to attempt. Failure, the fear of failure to attempt, the fear to even give it a shot, the fear to step out, the fear to reconcile, the fear to, to take on something that you don't think you can handle, the fear to think less of yourself because you're, I'm talking about that fear. I'm not talking about the Indian education system and I'm not talking about being a failure means you are a failure. I want to just make that distinction as well. Because you and I were taught that because we failed in this class, I failed in 8th standard, by the way, yay. I just did it twice to be thorough. Okay. Um, what was I going to say? The fear of failure or failure itself is connected to identity. It's connected to my identity. And, and, and I begin to believe that my marks or my performance is who I am. Whereas failure is an attempt. I did it, I tried it, it failed. I failed the attempt. The second time, I got through, okay? I succeeded in the attempt. Failure is the result of an attempt. So you cannot have failure without actually attempting. If you don't attempt, you don't even know if you failed. So the fear of failure keeps you from attempting and when you don't attempt, you don't even know whether you even had a shot at succeeding. It cripples you. Your relationships, your money, your investments, your plans, just the ability to think a little bit more of yourself, to be able to, 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 to put some more faith in yourself and also especially in God. So I want you to jettison 
the concept, the Indian concept where a failure is a person. He's a failure, he's a passer. Whatever that is. You know? My chemistry teacher, he called me to the front of my nine, I think it was nine standard. He called me to the front of my nine standard class. And he says, I want you to meet a failure. So he called me in front. He put me in front of there. I was always smiling. <laughs> I, I'm always smiling because I'm an idiot. Um, then this is a, he's a failure. And his point was that even a failure can teach you, prove to you how light reflects, refracts through two mediums. So he asked me, explain this. I explained it also. And he said, see, even a failure can explain it. So we have been brought up to think that a person is a failure. But the truth is, he failed because he attempted something. And if he hadn't, if he had, hadn't attempted it, you wouldn't even know if he was a failure. So I want to kill that. You cannot be a failure. You can fail at some things. And you can succeed at some things. You will never either be a failure or a success. You are not a success either. For you to be a success, to be called as a person a success, you would have to be successful at all things at all times. You are not. To be a failure, you have to be a failure at all things at all times. You are not. So if somebody told you you're a failure, they lied to you, I'm here to counter that. I don't know who told you that. I don't know which person told you that. Maybe they're very close to you. Maybe they're far from you. Maybe they're an authority. Maybe they're a loved one. Maybe you had a crush on them. Whoever it is that told you you're a failure lied to you because they have a fear of failing. Is everybody with me? All right. So we jump into the story that Jesus told about investment. Okay. Jesus told about investment. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 18. I'm uh, 28. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them to his property. Okay, what is, what's happening here? You got a big investor, rich fellow. Okay, he's got tons of money. He's calling his servants or his employees and he's going to invest some money through them. He's going to entrust them with some, uh, with some funds. Okay, this is what he's going to say. To one he gave five talents. Each talent was, a, was gold worth millions currently. It was gold worth millions currently. So to each one he gave five talents. To another he gave two talents. And to another he gave one talent. Underline. According to their ability. According to their ability. Alright. Verse 16. He, he who had received the five talents went out at once. Look at what he did. Circle. Traded it. He traded it. Okay. He traded with them and he made five talents more. So he goes and doubles it. Right. So verse 17, so also he who had two talents made another two talents. He goes and doubles his 100% profit. Verse 17, verse 18, but he, circle but, that could be your story. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground a hole and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of the servants came back, settled accounts with them. He who had, uh, he who had received the five talents, came forward bringing talents uh, to, to him, saying, uh, Master, you delivered me five talents. Here I have made five more. His master said to him, note, well done, good and faithful. Good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over circle. Little, according to this master, five talents, millions of dollars in, in worth today, five talents worth your weight in gold was little. Am I getting through? 
no, I'm not getting through. That according to this master was little. And he says, you have been faithful with little. I will set you over circle. But the servant who had been given just one talent, here's the third guy, servant who had given one talent, he said, I was afraid, so I hid the talent you gave me. I was afraid that I'd lose it, so you hid the talent that I gave me. I went out and buried it in the ground. And now, dirty, filthy, I'm handing it back to you. That made the master mad. Underline that. Because you need a change of mindset. You need to have to think differently when it comes to the kingdom of God. Because Jesus is giving an example saying, this is what the kingdom of God is like. This is what the kingdom of God is. It's not about money, it's about entrepreneurship. It's not about money, it's, about, it's not about resources, it's about stewardship. It's about what you do with what you've been given. I repeat, it's about what you do with what you've been given. In this case, if you give back what you've been given, it's not great news. It's not great news. This is not, it made the master mad. And this is what he said to him. His master says, well done, good and faithful servant. This is the second guy. And he also turned two talents, second talent, 23. His master said, well done, good and faithful servant. I will give you, set you over much. So first two guys, great. Verse 24. Master, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you do not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. Wow, amazing, yeah? What, a, what, a, what an entrepreneur. So I was afraid. You see the reason he was afraid? Do you see the reason he was afraid? Because his master seems to have success that's undefined. He doesn't know how he got there. He doesn't know how he is, he scatters, sorry, he gathers where he doesn't scatter and he reaps where he doesn't sow. He does not know how that works. There's a principle that is missing in this mind because he has a fear of failure. He says, so I was afraid. So I was afraid. If you know how God works, you won't be afraid to step out in faith for him. You won't be afraid to step out in obedience for him. Verse 26, but his master said to him, you wicked and slothful or lazy servant. That's a bit harsh. That's a bit harsh. Take those two words and don't forget them. You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown. I gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested your money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own interest with interest. He says the least you could have done is work with HDFC. I mean, that's the least you could have done. Okay, you just, at least you could have just taken your money and put it in a fixed deposit in HDFC, and at least if nothing else, you would have gotten some interest. You want to up that game, go to Yes Bank. You're getting like shake, 6.5%. If you know somebody there, maybe. Right? He says, Jesus is saying the worst case scenario is at least give it to a bank. They will do more with nothing than you. You go and bury it. You go and bury it. And he says to him, he's, he's lazy and wicked. I want to really hang on to this because I don't want to be this guy. Then you ought to have invested your money. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. Now he says in verse 28, so take the talent from him. From who? From the third guy, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. <laughs> oh, whoa. Give him to the one who has 10 talents. Now, how many does the first guy have? 11. How many does the second guy has? 
four. And how many does the third guy have? Nothing. Stop, think. Think with me. If you step back and you think governance and you think God and love and grace and Christmas, he took one from the guy who had one. And he took one from the guy who had one so that after one he had none. See, one and none is so close together. And he took it and he gave it to the guy who had ten. That's unfair. That's a bit unfair. That's not good governance. That's not a good leader. He took one from the guy who had only one. And he gave it to the guy who had ten. That seems unfair. So now you've got to stop and think. Obviously this master doesn't value the money as much as he values trust. He doesn't value the money as much as he values trust. He's saying, I can trust that guy with 10 talents, but I can't even trust you with one. So I'm going to take it away from you. Principle. Universal principle. If you don't use it, you lose it. If you don't use it, you lose it. And whatever you use, God doubles that. When you use, God doubles that. What you don't have, he doubles for you because you're an investor. You don't have money, he'll double your money. You don't have time, he'll double your time. You don't have opportunities, he'll double your opportunities. He'll, whatever you have, he's going to double that because he can trust you with it. Do you get that? Do you get that? He does that for you because he can trust you with it. Because you don't keep it to yourself. Mine, made a high hidden, hidden over you. You give it. You invest it. You look for ways to double it. You make sure that good comes out of it. You trust that the master has been given to you. And what he's more interested in is not the safety of his money, but the trust he can place in you. So where do I learn this? Because when you get to the guy, when he comes back, he says, hmm, now I have trusted you with little now I'm going to give you much. That is the lesson in the story. I've trusted you with little. Five talents became ten. Two talents became four. Now I know that I can trust you with much. As for this wicked, lazy fellow, I can't even trust him with one. Why does he call him wicked and lazy? Because if you're going to do anything for God, anything in obedience, anything for greatness, anything for your calling, you need to step out and take a risk. If you're going to step out and take a risk, it causes you to exercise faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God or accomplish anything for you or for God or for anything. And if you don't, listen carefully, if you don't exercise faith, if you don't show faith, if you don't act on faith, you are unfaithful. You wicked, unfaithful servant. God has vested in you in a short period of time, 60, 70, 80, 90 years, in this short life, what he has called a trust. He has given you something, many things in some cases, he has given you opportunities and he's given you a calling on your life and he's given you a mission for your life and he wants to see what you'll do with that. If you double it, Taking risk, stepping out in faith, God's going to use you because he can trust you. Not just here, but in heaven, in the future. If you don't, he knows he can't trust you. He's going to take away even what he's given to you. 
let me clarify something. Disclaimer. On this side, you have God the Father loves you, sent Jesus for you, covered your sin, has loved you unconditionally. You're going to heaven. Nothing's going to come between you and him. Your sins are forgiven. He has, he has cared for you. He's your father. He will never, no one will ever separate you. Yes, yes, yes. Amen, amen, amen. Nothing is going to stop or come between the relationship. Am I clear? The relationship is not in trouble the relationship with God is not incumbent on how you use your talents your relationship with God is based on what Jesus has done for you now God is not only a father he's also a businessman that's why Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a businessman who came to his servants and said I'm going to invest in you and I want you to report back to me on what you did with my investment because from the beginning of time God has been creating investing working building up and risking he's been risking over and over again so when he comes to this side he's saying okay let's talk business your love your all of that is taken care of let's talk business i want your life to count for something i want to give you some resources that will help you to prove to me i can trust you in eternity did you hear that It'll help you to prove to me that I can trust you with greater things. Little things, small things, with, with little, I can trust you with much. And God gives each and every one of you that. Why am I hammering this today? I know you're tired. I know it's long, but why am I hammering? Because many of you are committed to your career, but not to your calling. You're committed to your children's future, but you're not committed to your children's eternity. You're committed to your security, but you're not committed to your eternity. You're working for what you will leave behind. And when God does business, he does business with the currency that you can take with you. So if you can't show up in heaven with doubling the five talents, in a currency that you can take with you into heaven, if you have worked with the currency that stays back on earth, I think you know what I'm talking about. Then you are missing the boat. You are missing the point. You have not gotten it. It's not all about salvation. It's also about stewardship. You've not been saved to be put on the shelf. You've been saved for a great purpose in your life. And if all you can do with your life is find someone to sleep with, find a job to get the money, to eat good food, enjoy your life, get a car, get a house, get another house and die, then you are the stupid, lazy, unfaithful servant. And I am telling you this straight up at the risk of losing you, that I don't want you to be that. I don't want to be that and I don't want you to be that. I want you to know your calling. I want you to kill this fear of failure. Failure is not the problem. Fear of failure is the problem. And we're going to kill it. You're going to make a commitment to God today to kill it. Eight things and let's move on. Eight things and let's move on. Four truths to remember to neutralize the fear of failure and four actions to take. This is not an eight point sermon. These are just eight steps for you to take. Okay, failure is not the problem. Fear is the problem. 
All right, let's move forward. How can I neutralize the fear of failure? Write fast. Number one, remember everybody fails in many ways. Remember, everyone fails in many ways. James 3 says, we all stumble in many ways. Not just one, many. Ecclesiastes says, there is no one on earth who always does what is right all the time and never makes mistakes. No one on earth. You've got a real issue here. You've got a real problem here. Because all your life, somebody in your life has been telling you you're a failure. You're a failure. See you failed again. See you failed again. You're a failure. See you failed again. Either at relationships or at studies or at anything. Somebody has been telling. Every one of us has got some character in our life, you know, deflecting their own success or failure and talking to us about it. Every one of us. And we have been talked down to. We've been destroyed. Somebody's words have stripped you of confidence, of joy in your early years. It could be, it has to be someone you really respect and love. So it's either going to be a mother or a father or, or, or a teacher or a friend or a relative or a grandma. It's got to be someone you really, really care for. And if you get serious, you would take that and say, God, I want to put that aside and I want to refocus. I want to show you how to do that today. So remember, everybody fails in many ways. It's okay. It's okay. If at first you don't succeed, you are normal. If at first you don't succeed, you are normal. You are human. If you succeed at the first time, I, I, I feel sorry for you. Because that's it. It's done. You succeeded. Now, now, now what? Now you're going to have to move to the next thing. And you think everything you do, you're going to succeed at. Good luck with that. So people who have a string of success struggle to handle failure. They don't know that failure is a pathway to success. That you have to find 999 ways of a bulb not shining before it actually works. You have to find, see many losses in political uh, career or in education career or in business before you see a success. Many losses. Failure is not the problem. And when you fail, that's not you. Remember, no failure is final unless you give up. Write it down. Remember, no failure is final until you give up. Giving up is failure. Even though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. He must never get tired of doing good. We must never get tired of doing. But if we don't give up in the struggle, we will, we will get our harvest at the proper time. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. You wrote that down? Remember, no failure is final unless you give up. If you are still failing... And you're doing it again and again and failing and not giving up and failing. You're okay. You're okay. I'm not talking about 10 standard. Don't say, I did 10 standard six times. I'm not talking about school. I'm not talking about marks. Please, mothers, don't hit me after this. This is not about school. This is about what you've told your child they cannot be. Oops, did I say that out loud? Okay, number three. Remember, failure is the path to success. Failure is the path to success. If I'm humble and willing to learn from it. If I'm humble and willing to learn from it. A man who refuses to admit his mistakes will never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets a second chance. Remember, failure is a path to success only if you're willing to learn from it. Learn from it. So no problem with failing only problem with not learning. Number four, remember that no matter what happens, remember that no matter what happens, God's promises, God promises to use it for good in my life. Let me explain. This means when you, 
take a risk. Look at me. When you take a risk and you step out in faith and you say, I'm going to try something amazing. I'm going to, at, at the cost of failure, I'm going to try something for God. And you step out and you do it and you fail. God is saying, because what I'm looking for is trust. Because I'm looking for his entrepreneurship, looking for his investment. I'm looking for you to be obedient and step out. Whatever didn't work out, I'll work it out. I'll work it out for good. Did you get that? Smile at least. Did you get that? That way, you never lose. So either you try, you attempt and you succeed. Or you attempt and you fail and then God turns it around for your success. Either way, it says, no matter what, for you, because you are called according to my purposes, I'm going to turn things around for your success. That's number, that's number five, four. That's number four. God promises to use it for the good in your life. He said, look at all the ways in which your distress has goaded you closer to God. You're more alive, more concerned, more sensitive, more reverent, more human, more passionate, more responsible. Look at it. From every angle, you've come out strong. You've come out with purity of heart. Number six. Number five. Number five. Oh man, this is going to hurt. This is going to hurt. Remember what I told you? I said I wanted four, four truths to remember and then four actions to take. So we remembered four truths. Now four things we can do, four ways we can move forward. Number five, number five, refuse to compare yourself to anybody. I refuse to compare myself to others. I refuse to compare myself to others. He says you should judge your own actions but never compare yourself with others. Then you can be proud for doing your best without comparing yourself to anybody else. He says don't, we don't dare to compare ourselves. Talking about his ministry, Paul says, I don't compare myself to anybody else. What God is doing in my life, what he's given me, the looks he's given me, the resources he's given me, the challenges that I have in my life, my height, my width, my abilities, my past, my future, my people, my situation is mine. It's mine. I cannot compare it to anyone else. So stop comparing. You are unique. And you are a failure only if you give up. And you'll never be a success. You will succeed at things. You'll fail at things. You'll succeed at actions. You fail, you'll fail at actions. But you will always be a child of God. I don't look at my son and say that he's a success or a failure. I point to him and say, that's my son. Whether he succeeds or fails, that's my son. So your identity in this is in whose you are. But you know what? Some auntie, some cousin, some maths teacher in Mount Carmel, It's been 30 years. I can say what I want now. <laughs> Constantly compared you to somebody else. Constantly compared. You were always compared. And you know what happened in that comparison? You lost your identity. You stopped being you and now you're trying to be somebody else. And anytime you're comparing yourself to somebody else, you're trying to be like them. Please don't compare yourself to anybody and please stop comparing your children to anybody. They are unique and they are your children. Live with it. No one is like your kids. 
The place you get most of the comparison is social media, IG and FB. And what you see on these two constantly, success, failure, success, failure, success, whoa, failure, ha, ha, ha. success, wow, failure, <laughs> constantly. Every YouTube video, everything, laughing at people who fail, adoring people who succeed. So everybody who puts up their, their pictures, everybody who puts up, puts the very best of the best because they're comparing themselves to somebody, want to be seen as somebody else, and you are never your real thing. And IG and FB, as good as it is in terms of social media and networking, destroy self-image. Be careful. Take fasting time to detox yourself from the influence it has over you. Refuse to compare. Number six, redefine the meaning of failure. Write this down. Failure is not missing a goal. Write it down. Failure is not missing a goal. What is real failure really? Real failure is not having a goal. Not having a goal. Okay? Write one more thing down. Real failure is not being unable to do something. Failure is not being unable to do something. Failure, real failure is being unwilling to do something. Real failure is being unwilling to do something. Hebrews chapter 11 or 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. Matthew 9.29 says, According to your faith it will be done to you. Number 7, refocus on God's love for me and others. Refocus on God's love for me and others. And number 8, replace my fear with faith in Jesus. I'm going to go back to 7 and land on that one, okay? Refocus on God's love for me and others. And number eight, replace my fear with faith in Jesus. Let me say this in close. Will you read this verse with me, please? Will you read this verse? 1 John 4, 18. Wherever God's, come on. Wherever God's love is, there is no fear. Because God's perfect love drives out all fear. Wow, every word is powerful here. Huh? Wherever God's love is, is, wherever God's love is, there, in that place, in that situation, there is no fear. Okay? Next thing he says is, because God's perfect love cannot coexist, with man's imperfect fear. Because God's perfect love cannot coexist with that. Let's, let's break this down. Let's break this down. I want you to go home strong. I want you to go home encouraged. The problem is not fear. Okay? I mean, the enemy is fear, but the problem here is not fear. The problem is that you're not filled with love. Don't say your love or his love. God's love. Okay. If you go home and say, oh, I'm not going to fear. I'm Tati Farge, I'm not going to fear. I'm not, I just, I, nothing is going, I'm not going to let anything come in my way. I've been, I've been, I've been fearful of, 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 of milk, even though you're lactose intolerant. I'm going to drink three liters today. No, that's not what we're talking about. You can't work with a fear and live your whole life trying to diminish or destroy or dissuade a fear in your life. You'll never come over it because what you focus on is what you become, Right? So the way to get rid of fear is find something that's more powerful than that fear. And it says, God's love 
drives out. I love the word. It drives out fear. So basically, even with regard to fear of failure, you don't have to do it. How good is God? How good is God? You don't even have to work with your fears. You don't even have to come to terms, I have a fear of uh, you know, taller people. Let me work with that. No, you don't have to work with your fears. You just need to be filled with the love of God. So Paul prays for the Ephesian church in chapter 3. He says, may the eyes of your heart be opened that you would, that you would understand that you would fill, be filled to the fullness of Christ so that you would be rich in his love. Length, breadth, depth, height, saturated, grounded in his love. Why? Because God's love is not like a man's love. Thank God. God's love is not human love. God's love is not sexual love. God's love is not emotional, sentimental love. God's love is no matter what it costs me, I'm going to look after you, secure you, provide for you. And no matter how badly you hurt me or even run away from me, I will not stop loving you. When your life is saturated, when your mind and heart is absolutely just filled to the brim with an understanding of how much God loves you, what kind of love with which he loves you, that casts out all fears. So don't work on getting rid of fear. Work on understanding Christ, God's love. Work on getting the love of Christ in you. How do you get the love of Christ into you? Love never stops being patient. Love never stops believing. Love is always hopeful. How do you get the love? Number eight, replace my fear with the faith in Christ. That's how you do it. I have the strength to face all conditions by the power that Christ gives me. I have the strength. Fear not for I am with you. See that faith in Christ is what gives you. Because you trust Christ for, with your life. You trust Christ to make it to God. You trust Christ that through him you have God. Look at me. No, no, no. You're not getting it. No, no. You're not getting it. If you don't go home with something practical, I'm going to shoot myself. And I have a fear of bullets. I'm going to say it one more time and I'm going to let you go. Promise. This is... I forgot. You're trusting Christ that everything that Christ takes you to God and everything God wants for you, you have through Christ. Your, tr your faith in Christ is saying that all of everything I've ever needed is in you. Christ is enough for me. Christ is enough for me. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But sometimes I wonder what he can do through me. My faith in God is sure. And you put your faith in Christ. Today I want you to release the grip on fear you have. God does not give us a spirit of fear that makes it. I, I, I want to pray for you. I want to stop here. I want to pray for you. Because I can go on and on and try to motivate you. But I can't motivate you to stop fearing. I can only ask you to commit to understanding the love of God for your life. And you can't do that without a personal relationship with God. And a personal relationship with God is only through the Lord Jesus. He he's the one who invites you into that. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, will you consider one of these two, three things? Number one, you say, no, I don't have a relationship with God, so how on earth am I going to get everything He has to give to me? I don't have a relationship with God, so how am I going to find out what His calling is on my life? I don't have a relationship with God, then how am I going to receive the love that He has for me? I can't just sit here believing that God loves me. I need to feel it. I need to know it. I need to experience it. 
So he's done that and given it to me through a person, through face, through a name, Jesus. So I need to trust Jesus. I need to start a relationship with God. Today, Pastor Jerry, I am starting a relationship with Jesus. I commit to getting to know Christ. I commit to wanting to walk with him. I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to start to get to know Christ. I want that faith in Christ. Or maybe you're at this place where you have decided that fear has crippled you and you're not going to try that relationship again. You're not going to try to reconcile. You're not going to try that career. You're not going to try that hard thing. You feel God wanting you to serve in this particular way or do you just, you have dropped the ball on it. You have given up on it. If you have given up, turn, change, try again. I'm asking you, I'm begging you to try again. Maybe you're here and you know that God has been saying, I want you to serve me with your life. I want you to serve me with a greater purpose. Then I want you to, to confess the fact that you, because of fear of failure, have been disobedient. You have been, you've not acted on it. I want you to say, Lord, you gave me three examples. The five guy, the two guy, and the one guy. I do not want to be the one guy. I want to be either the two guy or the five guy, preferably the five guy. Lord, would you give me an understanding of the victory I have in you? I don't want to meet you and not have anything to offer back to you. I want to do something with my life. I want to find a ministry. I want to find a mission. And I want to live my life. I don't want to be religious and, and ceremonial. I want to be a, a revivalist. I want to be a reformist. I want to do something with my life. Oh God, touch me. Teach me. Talk to me. Do something. I don't want my life to be the same anymore. Father, you know the hearts of the people here. Some I just couldn't be bothered with what I'm just saying, what I've been talking about. And some have been touched deeply by the Spirit of God. And then there's everybody in between. For some, the lights will come on 5 to 10, 15 years from today. But Lord, I believe in seed. I believe that when seed dies and goes into the ground, it bears fruit. I believe in your promises. You promised me, John 15, 15 and 16, you said, I didn't choose, you did not choose me, I chose you that you should bear fruit, that fruit should remain. Lord, you have been faithful to me all these years when you picked me out of my failure, out of my pain, out of my brokenness, and you, you decided to use me. And when I responded, I have never regretted it for 33 years, Lord. Father God, I, I ask, oh God, that today some life would get handed over to you. Someone would crawl their way onto the altar and say, I am yours, Lord. I am yours. I have heard your call. I am yours. There are, here who are, there are those here for the very first time. They've never come to church before or they've never come to covenant life. Lord, I want them to know that this is not a religion. This is a father saying, come back, child. I got everything you need. Come back. If you're looking for the door to get into my house, that door is Jesus. Knock on that door and come through. You're welcome. So I ask that even the new people or whoever's here for the first time would have that access. If, then, if they haven't understood my language, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your spirit would translate what I'm saying so the spirit of God would get through in any language required here in this room. But let people find salvation in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God the Father, fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Rest and abide with each and every one of us through this week and even forevermore.
Amen. It's been a long sermon, a long service. You've been patient. You're amazing. God bless you. Have a great week with God. I'm waiting for your prayer request. Hi, welcome. I'm Jeremy Dawson. Welcome to my channel. And I'm so glad you're here. And I hope that you enjoyed the last video. If you like it, and if it's been a blessing to you, comment, say something. I want to hear from you. And I, I promise to get back to you on that. Also, we have videos coming up constantly. And my team's working hard to, to give you the best. So make sure that you subscribe. There's a button right in front of you. And press the bell because that'll get you every video that's coming your way. All right. And I'm sure that you have some friends that you can share it with. I'd love for this message to get out there. God bless you. Uh, don't forget to subscribe.